Welcome to the Contemporary Conversations podcast, Biblical Thinking on Modern Challenges. We are hosts, Joe and Nick, talk about modern issues that affect the local church in our Christian walk. So let's listen in on this newest episode. Hey, welcome back to the newest episode of Contemporary Conversations. I'm one of your hosts, Joe. And I'm Nick. As you can tell, we are not next to each other, if you can't tell with Nick's quality of vocals there. He is uh, on the phone. I am in the studio, if you want to call it that. And this is going to be quite different, isn't it, Nick? Yeah, this whole stay-at-home order kind of threw everybody for a loop, so we're trying to adapt the best we can. So here we are. Yeah, this podcast from miles away. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and if you don't understand what we're talking about um, uh, for the episodes up to now, we've been in the same room. We haven't videotaped it, but it's really funny because we sit across from each other when we talk. And and when one of us is ready for the other to pipe in or give their comment or come in, we'll kind of just like look at them or give like a, a, a facial nod like, okay, it's your turn. And we don't have that ability now. (laughs) <laughs> no, and it's going to be it's going to be interesting, I guess, for for lack of a better word, because uh, I've come to realize after doing a few episodes that nonverbals are very very key to to having the flow of a of, of the show go you know smoothly. So we're going to do the best we can. So uh, bear with us with these next couple of episodes, however long the uh, the stay-at-home order lasts, and however long coronavirus decides to stick around in the U.S. Amen to that. So let's see. This episode we're doing is coming out a week after uh, our uh, second half episode dealing with Pastor Scott on uh, politics, and and uh, I think it's gotten great reviews, and, and obviously we're hoping to do more. Uh, interviews like that, obviously it may turn into phone interviews at this point, but... Uh, <laughs> um, But really, (laughs) what we're going to talk about today is really just continuing the conversation we had from our, when we did our live episode, which would be two episodes behind us now, because we kind of shoved it in as a special episode uh, before the second half with Pastor Scott. And because, well, what's happening contemporarily right now? It's the coronavirus, COVID-19, the novel coronavirus. And uh, it's creating quite the, uh, well, I guess, quite the panic around here. And I don't want to say it, it, it really is. And, you know, with, with everything happening, I feel like we're, we're, we're straddling the fence between overreacting and not overreacting, and especially in regards to, to making everybody stay at home. I mean, one thing about it, I, I like my home anyway, so it doesn't bother me too much. But I know that, I, that especially for some church members, it's, uh, it's really it's kind of really getting to them in the fact that they're having to having to self quarantine, you know, like the rest of the state of Colorado at this point. Well, it's kind of, so you get, you kinda, I, yeah, you kind of get different people. You got people that are uh, like my neighbors next door. They're, they're, uh, you know, keep to themselves homeschool and family and you don't see them a lot even outside. And, you know, those are the type of people that are like, ah, this is just another day for us. And then you got people like me that are, uh, mostly extroverts that even though I have a, a pretty decently sized house, uh, I, I, I kind of, you know, just want to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and that's understandable. And the thing about it is, is I don't, I'm not sure I, I'm, I've been keeping up with, with the news and kind of what the policies have been coming down on the federal and state level. 
And I'm very, I'm very curious as to what the stay at home, how long the stay at home order is going to last for right now. It's, it's uh, pending to, I think the 11th of April. And yeah. So let's, 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 uh, going to react. Well, let's, let's give people some background. So obviously we, we live in Colorado. We, we, uh, we come from Colorado Springs and, uh, uh yesterday night, our governor, uh, announced that there was a stay at home order starting at 8 a.m. this morning, which for us this morning is, uh, what is this? Today is uh, actually Thursday, the 26th of March. This episode won't come out until Tuesday, April, what is that, 2nd? I don't know. I don't have a calendar in front of me. Um, next you, you, Tuesday? Yeah, what is next Tuesday? The so 31st of March. All right, when you're listening to us, it'll be the 31st of March. But as of the 26th, we have a stay-at-home <laughs> order until 11 April. Now, right. the biggest thing that it has <clears throat> proposed is understandably it's not a big change from what we've already been doing here in Colorado. Um, basically what the order did was close a few more places. Uh, it caused businesses to only do, I think, uh, essential personnel that are truly, truly needed. Um, and then it just asked people basically saying, Hey, can you just please just stay home more often? You know, just like, instead of just, going anywhere and being around people and it's not an enforceable uh, action. It's not like the police are driving around, you know, stopping you, asking you, what are you doing out of your house? So it's nothing like a lockdown or a, uh, what's it called when the military comes in like a, a martial law, anything like that. Um, but then on the military side of the house, uh, I know at Peterson, they went to like a health protection, Charlie, but they haven't really. Yeah, that's actually that's actually across the entire DOD. Now. Right, right, and so they, but the they DOD haven't is... really clarified. Like they told people, just listen to the state. Oh, what that means? Well, they just told people, like, hey, for the stay at home order, just abide by that. And if you are going around base, expect that you might get asked, like, hey, where are you going? Like, if you're trying to go to work uh, on base or things like that, but basically all the stuff still open, the BX, the commissary, which if you don't know what that is listening, that's the military version of a Walmart and a grocery store. And, um, you know, so those things are still open and still going. Uh, in fact, the McDonald's was open on base this morning cause I got something to eat on my way back from grocery shopping. So, yep. <laughs> um, but like for someone like Nick though, explain what's, what's your situation from the air force Academy side. So, from from the air from the Air Force Academy side, they are they are they are also sticking with the uh, with the stay at home order. And the big thing about it, and rightfully so, is they're 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 very concerned about the uh, the cadets getting um, getting sick. And so they they as of I'm not sure when a couple of weeks now maybe they sent a good chunk of the cadets home to do online learning, and they are. You know they're trying their best to make sure that that it doesn't get spread around up there. And so I know as of I think I believe last night there is a there is a civilian employee of of the uh, of the U.S. Air Force Academy, the 10th State Air Wing, that um, was tested positive for coronavirus. So hopefully hopefully things stay hopefully things stay stay calm as far as like no hopefully hopefully the the the, the virus doesn't spread any farther. And there you know that individual is you know, taking very wise actions and self-quarantine, things like that. I know one thing I wanted to mention that I'm looking at a news article right now from KOAA.com, and you mentioned about law enforcement, not not necessarily like martial law type enforcement, but 
I do want to read it says the order, the stay-at-home order states that local authorities are encouraged to determine the best course of action when it comes to enforcement. If you do not comply with the order, you could be fined up to $1,000 or face jail time for up to one year. Now, I don't know what that, I have no, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not no way familiar with, you know, some of the intricacies of law, but I, I wonder what that, how that is actually enforced from, how do you enforce that? I mean, will police just kind of like see you walking around and roll to you and say, hey, what are you doing? And if you give a wrong answer, then you could be Yeah, it's, it's confusing because like, you, yeah, because I know that what pops in my head is like, if you just like, you know, put a Facebook live or a, a Facebook invite and say, come on over to my house for a party. I can see that, you know, um, uh, but when it comes to like going for a walk or going to the park, as far as I know, that's still allowed. This isn't like London. Like I saw, what is it? The video in London where like the police officers, like all like came in force to the park and like kicked everyone out from like the park, <laughs> you know, oh, wow. while they're trying to enjoy the sun wow. and they were all like, but you know, but it's who knows. And I know for like Nick, he got like, you got word that, Hey, if we find out you left your house, you in trouble, boy. Um, but it's a different yeah, I mean, story yeah. over here. That, that, that's not what they're telling us from Peterson, like to my wife. So it's just, it's really different. I mean, obviously I, I've been leaving the house to go to the grocery store or the pet store to, to get things we need. And yesterday we spent time at the park. We brought our charcoal grill to the park and just, you know, grilled some brats and let the kids ride their bikes, you know, to get out in the sun and, and get out of the house. Cause obviously a good dose of vitamin D is pretty healthy for you. And I mean, yeah, and I don't, the ambiguity of this whole situation is, I don't know. And I know that there's a lot of people that are saying um, that it's a violation of, you know, their constitutional rights to, to have to stay inside and, you know, only go out for emergencies and stuff. And I believe that this whole scenario and this, this the coronavirus situation is going to bring up a lot of discussion when it comes to that, that fine line between the government trying to do the right thing by, you know, enforcing law, but on the flip side, is it actually an infringement upon people's rights? And so I'll be curious to see how that conversation starts to, well, I mean, it's already started to, to come up. I'll be curious to see how it develops uh, because there's a lot of people that I know that are kind of, that are starting to kind of have a problem with this. Some people understand it. Some people say, you know, I don't necessarily like it, but in order to stop the disease from spreading, we have to do this. And then there are those who are like, well, no, I'm, you know, I'm going to do what I want because it's I'm an American. Right to... <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, the same thing, the, the, the same discussions came around with, you know, going back to, to the, the September 11th attack. Um, I mean, you know, whenever that happened, you had you had the Patriot Act passed and all that. And people were up in arms about how that was infringing upon people's pri- privacy and things of that nature. And you had a, a line, a division between people who, who are understanding with trading that, um, that privacy for security. And then you had those who value their privacy more than anything else, which I can also, I can also see that perspective too. So it's, it's one of those things where how far, how far will, how far will the government, like what, what, how far would they go to, to make sure this stuff doesn't spread and how, how are people going to react to it overall? And I'll yeah. be curious to see how that turns out in the next, uh, next few weeks. It's kind of like when the churches have, they're not closed, but they close their doors. 
uh, to do virtual services and stuff that, you know, they get it from both sides. You get those that are like, Hey, good job pastor for making the right choice. And then you get those that are like, how dare you, you know, the church is like the most essential thing needed. And, and I don't disagree with either sides of those, um, you know, and, and, uh, let's talk, let's talk about that right now. Let's talk about churches and virtual services. Um, I got it. Uh, obviously you guys did your zoom service. I thought that went really well, uh, very personal and you got to see everyone's faces and, and, you know, spend time together. I thought that was really good. I've seen churches doing the Facebook live. I've seen churches just posting up pre-recorded, uh, sermonettes or full sermons or full services on a uh, YouTube and Vimeo. And I think it's all great. I think it's all, uh, the church adapting to the present age and to the contemporary challenge that it's being faced with right now, which is that, Hey, 10 or more. No. <laughs> um, uh, so I look at it like this, uh, the church has to adapt. Um, yes, we will get a few curmudgeons in the church that will, uh, be absolutely flabbergasted that it's doing that. Um, and I know pastors that are still getting it from both sides, even, even today, even with all the stuff that's going on, even most recently, they are still getting, uh, back and forths on what they should be doing according to the congregation. And, uh, I know, gosh, um, excuse me. I didn't sleep well last night. I need some, I need a nap. Um, you know, get plenty of that now. Um, I know some, I know some that haven't done services yet because they're still trying to figure out how to get it up and running and, and what to do best to best reach their people. And then of course there's a lot of churches with older folks that have, no, uh, access to the interwebs in the, in the sense that we do, you know, they, they may not have a Facebook or they don't even know what YouTube is or, you know, it's just things like that where they have no idea. And so what do you do as a church? Um, I got to ask a question though, Nick, I find, you know what I find funny and really confusing about the virtual services. Well, thanks for asking. I'll let you know, um, is the (laughs) fact that like these larger, these larger churches, like I got an email today from one of the local SBC churches. That's, that's kind of like a mega church in the area. And they were like, Hey, we can't wait for you to join us on the virtual services. I was like, okay, cool. Cause they were one of the ones that originally thumbed their nose to the no gatherings of over 50 people the first time. And so obviously now they changed their tune, but this is what I found confusing it, to me. It just doesn't make sense. Join us for our virtual services at our normal time, Saturday night, and three times on Sunday morning. And I sit back and I read that and go, why? <laughs> Is that really necessary? It, 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 do you really need to do that? Like, do, like it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I, to me, it just doesn't make sense to, like, okay, so, yeah, you were a big mega church, You had thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And so, yeah, that me- meant you had to have a Saturday night service or two Saturday night services and three Sunday morning services. But now you've gone virtual, digital, whatever you want to call it. Why do you still need it to do the really services redundant. at those times? Like, why don't you just do one service? Boom, done. Like, like I, I don't understand. Do you, do you Does that make sense to you? No, it doesn't. And I don't, <laughs> I know, I know a church that is, that typically has two services on Sunday and they are absolutely combining because they're trying to get all the members to kind of funnel into to one time. So there can be maximum participation and they're, they're using Facebook live and they, and they encourage um, 
people to to you know put comments in the video while they're watching it. You know, they're it's a Pentecostal it's a Pentecostal church, so they're like type Amen, you know, things yeah, like yeah. that, which is which is kind of funny. You know, cause it's funny to see the uh, you know Pentecostals. You know, when they're whenever they're in church, you know, they'll, you'll hear Amens and Hallelujahs, and it's funny that they. The, the pastoral staff still wants that participation. It's just on a virtual level. So yeah. now that it's wrong, I thought, I thought it was funny. And I gave a couple of amens during the sermon too. So, but no, they've combined their services to, to one. They'll do a Sunday night and a, or a Sunday day and then a Wednesday evening service. Cause that's their typical lineup. So I don't understand. I don't, I, I, I got nothing. I, yeah. <laughs> I got nothing, man. I can Trust I can't. me. I'm, I'm the kind of guy where I have kind of no fear on social media where it's like, I want to kind of message and be like, why it just, why are you doing that? <laughs> like that makes no sense because uh, Joe always yeah. poking the bear. <laughs> I have no problem with that. God will protect me. Yeah. So obviously it's a, it's a new age. So it's a new season right now for the church. And, uh, I've seen the good and the bad of, of the virtual churches, you know, uh, uh, you know, and I've heard the good and the bad, like I've heard people say, well, it doesn't feel very intimate on Facebook live. Kind of like what your church kind of says, like, oh, I, I just don't feel it. It lines up with that true meeting of the church, you know, and there's, sure. I can, I can agree and disagree with it, you know, and then they did zoom and I can agree. Uh, that, that was great. Uh, that was fantastic. Good job. Um, I know I saw the downside of Zoom last night. Last night, um, the Colorado Baptists uh, held their like prayer where they had they asked all the pastors to log in and and leaders of all Southern Baptist churches, pastors, leaders, deacons, whatever, to log in on Zoom and 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 just do a mass uh, prayer time. And it was really cool. I mean, uh, our state leader Nathan Lorick, uh, you know. Uh, you know, talk to us. And then he would, and then they unmuted everybody, like all 188 participants so that everyone could just pray out loud all at once. And I thought, you know, that's really cool. But some people came in that weren't part of the prayer meeting that were just people that came, that found us, got on and started, I'm not kidding, started putting up pornography on the video screen Oh man! and talking over Nathan and that was the downside of Zoom because there's two ways to do Zoom. You do like that, like your church did and, and, and like they did, where you just make a Zoom meeting and people attend because you send them the link and that's it, okay? But there's also a second way, and that's where you actually make a password uh, as part of your Zoom meeting. And if you don't have the password, then yes, random people can join in, okay? But if you put the password, it prevents like those people from just hopping onto your zoom meeting and fooling around with it. Does that make sense? Right. Like, cause they uh, were, oh, absolutely does. yeah. Sure. And so, um, so, you know, that was a lesson learned last night and it was really hard and painful and it really disrupted the prayer meeting. And then we were able to finish it, but with only like 50 people by the time they got it back up and running again, oh, but, man. but that was the downside. So it's kind of like, well, do you public, <coughs> pardon me, do you public, dang it. I have like a potato chip stuck way in the back of my throat. I hate that. Um, <laughs> um, but it's like, do you like, basically it's kind of like, well, that's the danger. Like, do you uh, publicly throw out your zoom meeting for all to see so that they can become and be a part of an intimate service like that? Or do you only send it to the members of your church and say, share um, with uh, like safely and share it wisely with people 
who you think would want to be a part of our service with this password. And, you know, that's something you think about, you know, and then you've got churches like I know the church I helped out last weekend with some of my equipment. They're borrowing some of my stuff. Um, you know, they pre-recorded their service. So like they, I guess Facebook Live now has a feature where um, you set it all up, you get on Facebook Live, but in the bottom corner it says schedule it instead of just go live now. So that's what they did. They scheduled it. And this way it went live on Sunday morning at a particular time, but the pastor and the leaders were able to be in the chat window of the comment section and be able to interact with the people while people were watching the service. And I thought that was really oh, cool because okay. they a little bit of intimacy and they could be there and, and talk to the people as they asked questions during the sermon or what have you. That was pretty cool. Sure. And then I've seen the uh, pre-recorded be thrown up on YouTube and, and Vimeos and things like that where... I know like a church I used to attend in Virginia, they didn't really do like a quote unquote service. They did, uh, they had like their worship leader do like this special music video, one song. And then it was just a video of the pastor just sitting in a chair doing like literally like a 10 minute sermonette, simple, sweet, um, life giving. It was from the word and that was it. And I thought, well, that was really cool. Cause that was a short, simple, uh, uh, message for the church you know, in this time of fear and uncertainty. And so I've seen the good, I've seen the bad, I've seen the ups and downs. I've heard the comments, you know, and obviously still there are churches. Like I just talked with a church this morning uh, that was just asking me of what they could do or ways to do it. Um, Actually, I'll be preaching at a church on the 5th of April at a church that's two hours east here, but it'll be through the Zoom meeting because that's what they've been doing. So like I'll be scheduling a Zoom meeting to do a 10 o'clock uh, service with them. And I'm looking forward to that because I love preaching and, uh, I'm looking forward to doing that. So then I can see the faces of the congregation. Um, so, you know, and, and a lot of churches are still trying to figure out what to do. And I've, you know, I, I helped out a different church a couple days ago and, and, you know, just basically give them an understanding that there's these different levels of being able to do streaming, whether you're pre-recording or throwing it up on live on Facebook and then what it takes to do it, whether, Super cheap is literally set up your smartphone in front of your face and just talk. Or if you want to have or use your monies and and get a little bit more professional looking, that's where you buy like a good camera and a good video switcher and get a Wirecast uh, license or something like that where you can blitz all kinds of social medias. So there's all these different ways and, and the churches are struggling trying to figure out how best to do it and how to reach those that are not used to looking at church online. Sure, and I mentioned it in the the, the live stream that we did. A, a, about a was it a week ago already? Yeah, it was a week ago. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, so I mentioned it about adaptability when it comes to when it comes to church ministry, and a lot of churches that were hesitant to kind of latch on to the new media technology that that's been you know it's been coming out and that's been prevalent. They've been hesitant to 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 use it, but now it's a necessity. And so it's one of those cases where I, you know, I wonder if God is kind of forcing, <laughs> forcing church's hands to pretty much say, Hey, uh, you need to, you need to adapt. And I mean, there's nothing, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with traditional, you know, the more traditional services. I can certainly understand people being hesitant to, to embrace it. You know, and one reason being exactly what you mentioned with the prayer meeting and that, I just, I just want to say that that's heartbreaking. And I'm, I'm upset that people, have nothing better to do with their time right now than to troll a prayer meeting 
that that people are trying to set you know that people are setting up in order to pray for everything going on yeah that's, that's kind of heartbreaking and I, I guess i shouldn't be surprised that it happened but i'm i'm upset that it happened no I, so, I totally agree you know, uh, and hopefully like for prayer meetings that that hopefully maybe next time they they should lock that down even though that's upsetting that you should have that you should have to consider doing that and i guess we at a breed church we've been fortunate enough to not have that incident happen yet and i don't think that I don't think that we would go to password locking our, our service for that. I think that I don't know, maybe one of us maybe one of us needs to learn how to how to moderate moderate Zoom because I've never used it before, so I, I'm not real familiar with. Yeah, the so like itself, what they did was I'll, I'll, was even though Nathan was leading it, he was not the host. Uh, I think the communications director for the state was Tim Corbin. I think his name is. He, uh, he was the moderator, so he was the host. So he didn't talk. He was obviously on, but he was the one that was in charge of recording it, you know, muting everybody across the board for whenever a speaker was yeah, talking. Yeah, kind of like the producer. So, like, for him in the beginning, yeah, it was really confusing. And then when we got back on the second and third time, and even the fourth time, the person that kept putting that stuff up and talking over everyone, he kept getting on. Uh, but I think, luckily, this time, Tim knew who to look for. And you know, was able to just mm. kick and, and like keep kicking them off. And that helped. And that's the thing is like, there were 188 people on there originally. And that's kind of a vulnerability Ooh. is when you have an open zoom like that. I don't know if you want to call it open, but if people are able to access it or hack into it, whatever you want to call it. Um, when you've got a, that many people, it's really hard to know who belongs there and who doesn't at that point, because there's just so many people. And obviously, like in this situation, it was all a bunch of pastors, deacons, deaconesses, all this stuff from across the state. So, of course, you never know if someone is supposed to be there or not supposed to be there uh, until obviously, like in our situation, it was too late uh, when they did stuff. And luckily, I was able to get a hold of Tim by Facebook Messenger and just kind of help him understand what he could do. And then I also encouraged him. I was like, hey, if you do this again, there is a way to do it more securely, but making sure you have the password and, you know, Zoom is still good. Don't make this seem like, oh, Zoom stinks and look what happened. We'll never use it again. I was like, no, 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 no. Zoom is good. I mean, it's used by governments and businesses all across the board. But you got to use right. it like for this, when you have this many people and you're inviting this all people next time, secure it by making sure there's a password to access the prayer nights. Uh, it's just one extra step and you know, it'll work. So, all right. So we're coming to the end of this sure. episode and, and uh, obviously things are going to continue evolving uh, over the next couple of weeks. But this next episode, me and Nick are going to talk about um, basically how can, how can we as the church, um, how can we disciple and love on each other and spread the gospel in this uncertain time? So we'll see you next week. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Contemporary Conversations podcast. You can find us on the interwebs at Contempt Convos for Twitter, Contemporary Convos for Instagram, or on our Facebook page, Contemporary Convos. You can also email us anytime at contemporaryconvos at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and God bless.